If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the In This League Fantasy Podcast Network. In This League Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Online at InThisLeague.com. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Interact and follow the show on Twitter at InThisLeaguePod. Now, here's your hosts, Bogman and the Welsh. Episode 223, ITL Baseball Podcast. What's going on? Chris Welsh, Scott Bogman, the ambiguously fun duo. Can we do that? <laughs> The ambiguously <laughs> fun duo. We're, we're recording name. this during the NBA Finals, and J.R. Smith got a standing ovation Did when they really? announced him in Oakland. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was about to say, why would he do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're in Oakland. <laughs> of course. Oh, that's killing me. Of course. Jesus. It's still great. We've had lots of those conversations. Welcome into the podcast. Justin Mason joining us here in just a tad bit to talk about all of the stuff and the things going on around the baseball world. And... Per usual, we've had a good little run of doing this. I feel like between the Thursday show and the Monday show, we've got some type of worldly event happening in our in our world, at least. We have some little ITL type thing that's going on. And the most recent, it happened over the weekend on our radio show on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, where I attempted for us to get a viral tweet going. I wow. like yeah, wah, yeah, spoiler alert, down, down, down. We went at the attempt. So we had, I don't even know how it popped up, but we got on this, uh, we got on this bit, Bogman, where we were kind of talking about the, uh, the best damn sports show, period. I don't know how we got there, but I always loved that show. And we were kind of going through it. And then we, you know how there's all, I mean, you know, there's that meme that's going around right now. It's not even a meme, it's just like a trendy, like, Twitter thing where it's like, paste your favorite players and every sport and all that yeah and, yeah and we were kind of like oh that could be like ours and we'll do that with the best damn sports show and let's have a new cast so on the air we were going through it on the break we i solidified who my mine was i put a tweet out and within minutes as we were on the air i had said tom arnold has to return to the best damn sports show and i recast everybody else we got a tweet. We got a retweet and a like from Tom Arnold, and we were like, "Let's go! Let's here we go! This is it! This is where we're uh, going to start." Getting- we can be in the stupids too. Uh. Just for like, yeah. I mean, I was thinking about how I'll be best friends with him, just like um, who's my guy, Gregory Aaron? Yeah, Jeffrey. Aaron. Jeffrey Aaron. Yeah. yeah, sorry. You, you don't know his name. Me right. and him haven't chatted. It's not recently. a strange guy. Yeah, right. yeah. Oh, that's actually that's kind of the bit, Bogman. I didn't even think about that. It's me talking to a celebrity every week. 
And yeah, it was Jeffrey like, but like a B celebrity. I mean, that's being fair. I mean, that's being nice to Jeffrey. I mean, Tom Arnold might be, you know, like a B, B. plus. Nah, he's like a B. Jeffrey Aaron is like a like a C. Maybe. I mean, Tom Arnold's still like, I mean, he's more of a stand-up comedian. Did you know, actually, I had an interaction with Tom Arnold besides this one, one time? Oh, did you? I used did, to work... Did you guys move in together? Nope, but um, I used to work for uh, the, the Clear Channel. It was a sports radio station in Phoenix. This was like... 11 years ago, and it was a, you know, it's a big ele- building, bunch of elevator goes up, five floors. All five of the floors were the radio station, and we Man, were on the fourth floor. Five whole floors. I uh, know. Huh? Well, that's a big radio station. Well, I mean, a lot of radio stations are like an office at this point. <laughs> but I, um, I you know, hit the elevator. The elevator opens up Tom Arnold out the elevator, and he's short. And I got to tell you, I have mad respect for the retweet I got from Tom Arnold. The single-handedly biggest head I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he was like uh, Odok from uh, the Marvel Universe, the big head guy that sits on the thing. Yeah, dude. It was the biggest head I'd ever seen in my life. And it it was one of those things where I was kind of going to the elevator, and he was just coming right out. And, I mean, I don't think he gave me one look whatsoever. I mean, little did he know 11 years later we were having an interaction. He was like, that's the guy from... The elevator. I'm gonna retweet it. Oh yeah, that's, that's yeah. He's happened. like, I remember that guy. That guy that I yeah. didn't look at, and I just walked right out the elevator for. Yeah, that was my interaction with Tom Arnold coming into the radio station, and then now we got a retweet. We started getting likes in. We're like, here we go, here we go, and wah, wah. we didn't go. I think viral. like uh, uh, two people did it. I mean, I forgot to do it after the show. I had some stuff to do, and then I, I did it the next day. So yeah. did you did you catch mine? Like my recast. I did. Yeah, I mean, th- this whole thing was much like our career. You know, it's like, hey, it's a great idea, and then it's gone, and it's a, it's a fleeting, <laughs> it's a, it's a fleeting hope that anything successful will happen of any of it. Yeah, you, yours was you had for Chris Rose, Seth Meyers, for yeah. John Sally, Chris Weber. The mm-hmm. new Michael Irving was Randy Moss. The new uh, essentially baseball guy for Dibbler Crook was Sean Casey, and your new Tom Arnold was Rob Riggle. Mine was, my new Rose was Andrew Siciliano. My new Sally was Shaq. My new Irving was Ocho Cinco. I also had Sean Casey, but I said Tom Arnold is coming back. And, uh, no, back. You know, 30 or something people liked it. A couple retweets on it. You know, little old Tommy Arnold gave a little bit of love to it, but it died on the feet of our uh, Twitter feeds right then and there. So uh, no love for it. Even though we tried, best damn sports show. Yeah, couldn't get it done. I'm just glad that uh, you finally renamed your stupid fantasy team in my uh, home league. It was the best tan. What was it? The best damn team period. Or oh, whatever I had was, that but, for probably uh, eight 500 years. years. Yeah, at least eight years. I was so the best ridiculous. damn team period because that was so all that Yahoo funny. would fit. I think I even had to like have no spaces in between it, too. Yep. Yep, yep, it was annoying. Yeah, so a lot of stuff uh, going down. By the way, if, if you're listening to this on Monday, Monday is the MLB draft. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So if you want to maybe get a little bit caught up, Prospect One, three straight weeks we have had uh, college MLB draft coverage. I shouldn't just say college, it's high school as well. But it's MLB draft coverage from the fantasy perspective. And then I just put a tweet out, and I'll have it out on Monday as well, where it's all in one tweet. So we had the Jim Callis episode where we kind of broke down the first round. I had the episode with Chris Blessing from Baseball HQ. We had Jason Waddell from Prospects 1500 and Eddie Almanger also from uh, Prospects 1500 and Fake Team or Fake Teams. I think he does 1500 as well. Those guys were scouting reports. And then the most recent one was James Anderson from RotoWire, where we broke down our top 20 
fantasy prospects from this MLB draft. And I was also on their show on, over on SiriusXM, the Rotowire show, on Saturday. So if you want to hear me talking with them about some of the college guys and some other prospects, you can go listen to that. Uh, Saturday's Rotowire on demand over at SiriusXM. Are you excited about the MLB draft? Are you going to do a three-day live uh, video just like you did on for football? No, I will not. I don't. I maybe you can do that. That's fine. Uh, the MLB draft is a bit much for me, so. I will not be uh, live streaming the MLB draft because like at least in the NFL drafts, like, oh, these guys are drafted. Yeah, they're probably going to play this year. You know, the MLB drafts are like, all right, these guys are drafted. You can forget about them for at least two years. Yeah, I mean, like, it's usually very, very best is two years. I mean, it's rare. Uh, you know, what? I'm going to see if I can. How many MLB draftees played? The like, wasn't same the last year? one Brandon Finnegan? Um, let's see. Let's see. What are the uh, can you go? Oh man, maybe this isn't going to be here. I should have. This is an amazing question we should have thought of beforehand. I want to know who the guys were because I, I feel like Mark Pryor was one of those guys. Let's well, see. Well, Finnegan did it cause, because they said he. Um, that's why I was such a big Finnegan fan. He was so good in college and he played. Um, he got drafted by the Royals and he played in the College World Series. And then, you know, whatever, four months later, he played in the World Series. All right, I don't know how relevant this is because, well, I mean, this is Wiki. Can you? Oh, it Wiki. is not Brandon Finnegan that went People straight. People don't lie. Because this is list of baseball players who went directly to the major leagues. Well, he played in the minors for a little bit. Because that doesn't count. That's what I'm saying. Who went? There's a short list. Oh, I thought you were just talking about like came up the same year they were drafted. That's a good question, too. That is definitely one. And that's one of those, like, I think it was a Chris Sale type of thing where, you know, they just go into relief and they kind of come straight up. Rodman, right. only two players since 2000 have been drafted and went straight to a major league team. Can you even guess? Straight to the team. One um, player played for ASU and one player played for Cal. One player was in 2000. Bonds? Uh, no, 2000, Bogman. Oh, okay. They, like, I didn't hear you say that. Yeah, two I players. I think a Bonds played at ASU. Um, um, yeah, no, two players since 2000 have gone straight to the major leagues. One in 2000 was from Cal, and the one in 2010 was from ASU. One a pitcher, one a hitter. That's a lot of hints I gave. Ugh, yeah, and I still don't think I'm going to get it. Wow, there's uh, a lot of ASU. I'm, by the way, I'm looking at this list. Uh, no, that's a good one. He was actually from Chaparella here in Arizona. You know what? You want to know what's really interesting? If people give two craps about this, since 1970, there have been three players that from ASU that have gone straight to the major leagues. I don't know who they are. Name them. All right. Uh, in 2010, Arizona State pitcher Mike Leak went Mike straight Leak. to the Cincinnati Reds. Okay. And here's a, a flashback. In 2000, San Diego Padres outfielder Bogman, last shot? No, uh, I don't know. Xavier Nady. Xavier Nady. Yeah, straight to the majors. The, and since there's only three others since 1990, you had Darren Dreifert from Wichita State, went to the Dodgers, Chan Ho Park, I'm not sure if that counts, to the Dodgers <laughs> as well in 1994, and Ariel Prito to the Oakland A's in 1995. Other relevant names, Jim Abbott for the Angels, the California Angels, Michigan, 1989. Uh, Bob Horner was ASU, 1978 to the Braves. Dave Winfield, 1973 from Minnesota to the Padres. And we're good. We're good on there. Catfish <laughs> Hunter, 1965. 
to the, uh, the Kansas City Athletics. That caught me off guard. So there you go. Those are some players that went straight. Guess what? Spoiler alert. Nobody's going to go straight to the majors from this draft <laughs> class. All of that said. Who was the last guy that could have? Bryant? Um, no. That's a good question. It's usually like... It's usually pitchers. Yeah, it's, it, it usually is pitchers. I'm trying to think of who... You know who would have been one I would have thrown out to you? A.J. Puck. But, um, Puck. Yeah, because he was a, you know, a pretty pretty lockdown pitcher at Florida. It's going to be one of those three- or four-year starters. I mean, usually they're three years unless they're a redshirt sophomore. Wasn't Bauer only in the minors for one year? Bauer came up pretty quick from UCLA. Uh, I thought Mark Pryor was one of those guys, though. I, I, I'm obviously off. I, thought, I don't know why I thought Mark Pryor was one of those guys, but um, it, it's hard to say. At the end of the day, it's really hard to say, like, who are these dudes? I think a lot of people felt Scherzer was one of those. I mean, Callis on... I mean, he came up real quick. Yeah. And, and that's another, you know, like you mentioned before, a lot of those guys, they'll come up just to relieve. You know? Well, you know... And that's uh, what Finnegan did. Jim Callis, there's a couple really cool stories in the episode 70 of Prospect One that Jim Callis tells. We talk about the Josh Bell situation. If you remember, Josh Bell, like, wasn't going to sign. Right. And he talks about the inner workings behind that. But um, one we talked about was Max Scherzer and how scouts were so worried because he had this really, really prominent head tilt that they were like, get him in and get him going while you still can. And then look at him, look at him now. And that was kind yeah. of a conversation about this kid at Florida right now, and Brady Steven Singer. And Steven was indestructible. Right? Yeah, well, and part of that conversation comes from the guy who potentially is going to go number one, this kid named Casey Mize, because he's like a 60 on every category but and he throws a splitter like a sick like a graded out 60 plus splitter and right there's a, yeah, yeah and there's a contingency of people that are like mm, you know you might kind of want to get that up as soon as you can but if it's the tigers tigers don't really have a need for that you know what i mean right so yeah. mlb draft that's fun that was fun kind of looking down the the last players that had done any of those type of things so check it out prospect one you can get some draft coverage and make sure just to be paying attention out there for show we asked a debate question on the last episode, Mr. Bogman, because uh, last week what we did was we talked about the top five, what was it? The top five wrongest of wrong industry predictions. Yes. For the preseason to now. And I, I haven't looked at the poll. It did Otani. I feel like Otani is going to wind up winning that one because, like I said before, you put his name in something. And uh, so here's what it was. And he usually wins. We had five, but we narrowed it down to the top three uh, because absolutely horrible listeners. Nobody participated. So we had to choose all of them. People are trying to participate for this coming weeks, which is the five best predictions. So please uh, send us in your uh, responses. Ballbaggitinthisleague.com or tweet us. Is it the Welsh Bogman Sports? Let us know so we can put that in this this coming week's episode. But the top three were the worst takes were judge won't repeat. Stanton's New York dominance, you know, everyone was like, he's going to be, you know, and then um, Otani's fantasy success. Everyone kind of crapped on. How are those people about Stanton? Yeah, Yeah. that's like upper New York talk, right? (laughs) Maybe lower. I don't really, you know, I don't understand. That's by the Adrian Janik Mountains or whatever it was. (laughs) How could we have got like, we could not have gotten more crap about mispronouncing these mountains. Guess what? We got more interaction about screwing up Adirondack. We 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 got more people tweeting us about Adirondack than we did about the the five worst predictions in the preseason. 
Yeah, you bring your ass out here and try to pronounce stuff. That's what I want. Yeah, Noah was like, I want a half try speed to pronounce recording. All these cactuses. Give well, he, he, Noah, Cactus. Noah Doughty, 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 I'm going to screw up his name, said he wants <laughs> a half speed recording of us trying to say Adirondack, which is probably wrong. But yeah, we were talking about that. Come out here and look at the spelling of Saguaro, and people were like, what's that, Saguaro? I literally had a person say Sagiharo. That's, I mean. We're over there on Sagiharo. What's that? Is that a. <laughs> I don't know why they sounded like, a, you know, a redneck from the East Coast. Hey, but. is that a Chola? Like, it's Choya. <laughs> it's, it's Choya, buddy. Be careful when you say a Chola. It's a Choya. Yeah, yeah. Don't say that too loud. Yeah, I know. So uh, we, we, we get it. And thank you for all letting us know that we're, yeah, we're idiots. Dumb. We yeah. understand. Yeah. Okay. At least we all embrace it. Okay. So back to the poll. The poll was what I just said. The winner was. Giancarlo Stanton's New York oh, dominance yeah. with 40% of the w- vote said that was the worst industry-wide take uh, as we go into June. That was the worst preseason take going into June of how dominant uh, Stanton was. But Shohei Otani did close the gap, I guess, if you close it. Um, 34% judge got 27% of the vote. So it's pretty even, but Stanton obviously took that, and that's what people are sitting on, that that was the worst take in the preseason, which and I we both agreed. Our... our- I think the one that we agreed on was Judge. Uh, judge. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's why I'm shocked. Yeah. That's why I'm shocked about it. Because Judge to me was like that was the one. You ask anybody, and every single person was like, "Yeah, no, he's not going to repeat. He's not going to repeat." Well, he's and, so bad in the second half. Like I, you know, I'm definitely one of those people. I thought, then nah, no way. Like he, he, you know, he kind of got figured out in the second half, but he's just turning it on. And well, like we said, we'll have to wait for the rest of the season to see if uh, he's just a, you know. Uh, first half player. Yeah, and it's funny because where Stanton was going, you know, Judge should have gone based on what he did last year. But I mean, yep. based on what Stanton did too, like he warranted where they he were fairly close too. A lot. Uh, we had a couple of mock drafts where it was uh, somebody paired him up, you know, to get all that power. What do you think was the best or worst logic? However, you want to look at it, because if you look at the logic, Judge did what he did in New York. He just only had one season of doing it. Was that the better logic to say he can't repeat, or was the better no, logic, mean, the logic, you know, was, Stanton did what he did last year with the Marlins and then comes to New York and they're like, well, that logic says he's going to be better. Like, what is the I worst think, logic? I think that was probably the worst logic of because, I mean, you know, and I mentioned this when we talked about it last week when, uh, you know, you go to a different league and you're seeing all new pitchers. So you kind of have to adjust. And I think that might have been the worst logic that just because he's in the the ballpark that favors home runs you know new york is in colorado if he'd gone to colorado then okay maybe it makes way more sense as far as ballpark factors but that was kind of the thing was ballpark factors was everybody thought it was going to go crazy there and uh i mean you could also say there's flawed logic in otani because you know we saw him look so bad as a hitter in the in spring training that we thought uh, there's no way he's going to be a successful hitter. Yeah. And well, he's it, successful with everything. It's interesting what you're saying, too, because like we just asked the basic question, you know, what was the worst take? But then if you go behind the reasoning of all of it, like it, it becomes actually a more fascinating question because you're right. Like what you just said about Otani, like everyone based Otani's uh, demise off of spring training. But and I that's mean, why I like to, in the preseason, I think the biggest thing is to know. Why, like, basically why a guy can be good and why he can suck, Yeah, you know? And if you're willing to look at both those things and still take the risk on the guy, then you, pro- you 
more likely believe in the he's going to be good again. Yeah, so. yeah. I thought it was an interesting debate. So, uh, you know, we want to, you know, pair it out for the next episode. We'll obviously talk to you guys about the other end of it where we do the best five. I know what mine is. My number one is. I got to kind of circulate in my mind what the others are. Love to hear from you guys. So I hope you guys reach out to us. Is it the Welsh Bogman Sports as a tweet? You can just, you know, in some way use a hashtag or something, say this is for the show, or hopefully we'll obviously know it. Or just send it into the ball bag, ballbag at inthisleague.com. Bogman will kind of decipher those emails out. And next, in this next episode, we're going to go through that. I think I'd like to even take a look at maybe some of the ranks. Maybe we'll take a look at just some of the overall ranks through June. Maybe we'll take a look at some of the really hot and cold players overall. Because it is fascinating when you look at guys that are being so successful. Scooter Jeanette is another one of those players. Jeanette. I feel like I'm going back and forth all the time. Isn't it? Is it Gannett know, or Jeanette? You. Yeah, you, you son of a bitch, you goddamn bastard. Jesus. You're the worst, you Adirock, you Adderall yeah, Adderall mother. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I yeah. don't think you can say that. Adderock? What does that know. mean? What are we adding a rock to? A rock I don't pile? I, I, already, I don't have that word in front of me, the East Coast thing, the mountain. Neither do I. I the people know. that want to... Why are people so like uptight about mountains, by the way? People are also uptight about that. What was that whole thing with the DMV thing? And everyone's like, they're like, it's a district of... Uh... Yeah, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get it. You know, so. One time, a long, long time ago, I swear to God, we're going to talk more fantasy here. Uh, we Bogman and I did a du- duo interview on a radio station, and it was in New York. And it was a really nice guy, though the guy got my number, and he put me on a text... <laughs> For two years, and I was just so... I just didn't have it in me. I was, like, trying to block it, but it was... For some reason, it was just too difficult. And then finally, I did it. And how what I had to do was I had to call the guy so his number was saved in my call log and then block him. Right after I called him, he called me back and was like, Hey, man, oh. blah, blah. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, and I blocked no. everything he had. That's beside the story. This guy had us on his uh, radio station in New York, and he had a couple questions for us, and then he then he just randomly was just like, "What do you guys think about you know James Dolan?" All, yeah, all these New York things. We're yeah, like, we're uh, like, he's like, "What do you think about what James Dolan's doing?" And we're like, "What do you mean?" And he's like, "Well, I just what he's doing." I'm like, "You got to be specific, man." Uh, and and it was just like, "That's a very you're asking us a New York question, and we're on the West Coast." Yeah, I don't. Not know. Not everyone lives in New York. Yeah, Gannette. Just Jeanette. Yeah, Gannette. Jeanette. Right. Jeanette. Which one is it? Jeanette. Okay, so guys like Jeanette. Like think of Marty Jeanetti. Yeah, yeah, now I got it, but stop screwing with me. Somebody, again, it's I had Gannett. this this What's whole thing happen with a pronunciation on the prospect show, <laughs> and someone was like, you need to tell this person that it's this way, and I was like, I know, because when bad pronunciation comes in, my brain is like, was that right? And then I start to screw it up even more. But, <laughs> but Jeanette, Marcakis, guys like that have been really good through this part of the season. And, you know, when we came into May, we kind of had this conversation you know, hey, cool, is this enough of a sample size to believe in it? You come into June, and you have to start asking yourself, how real is this? Like, how real is this now? Like, you got two months, you got a third of the season through, and then you look at some of the bad performances. I want to talk about Cody Bellinger in a little bit uh, when Justin comes on, because that is a disaster show right now. Even though his stats aren't the worst worst that they could be, it's not good. And there's a a few of those guys. The averages. So. Yeah, there there be a few of those guys that are looming out there that ain't good. So uh, you guys know the drill. Participate on the questions because that's what we'll do. We'll do the uh, we'll do the debate, the five, the top five. We'll do a little bit of rank conversation, and then your questions 
in that next episode. All right, let's talk about some headline topics. There's some things that are looming, and then we will get to our interview. So let's go. In this league. Oh, I remember. I love it. In this league. Yeah, I remember that. All right. What do you think I needed? Do you think I needed more than Tom Arnold for that thing to go viral? I needed one other person. I thought it was really strategic with Ocho Cinco. I thought, I get Chad Johnson and Tom Arnold, like, we, we, we might be able to go. Who's Chad Johnson? I don't know who that is. Chad Ocho Cinco, baby. Um... They need one more, know. or is it just it's a failed? It's a it's a it's a bullcrap idea. Welsh, you're dumb. Don't say Adderock or Adderall, and just move on to talking about Vlad Jr. and why he has to be hurt. Yeah, I don't know. You know what? Uh, yeah, I, if I knew what could go viral and what couldn't, uh, we wouldn't be doing this. So I have point. no idea what made it wrong. That's a great know? point. It's just it was from me. That was why. Yeah. Hundred percent. It, it was. It, it wasn't trending with housewives on Facebook, so it's not going to go. Viral. Yeah. Or just like a, a, a just popular put, next time when you think about doing that, put on a Chewbacca mask and laugh until you can't breathe. Mm, I, I would. I would do that. I, I for some reason, I would give anything to see you do that. Don't put on a Chewbacca mask and it, laugh. Yeah. And give me some mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> wow, man, you you went you turned the dial to ten on that well, one. All I'm right. just saying, you know, I have you get that uh, crazy Joker laugh. So. I think we get you uh, you get you drinking a little bit, and you'll be good. Yeah, maybe. What about that fireball? So <laughs> this is kind of a duo piece of conversation. Josh Donaldson back on the DL. They say he should be back Friday when he's eligible to return. When uh-huh. that went down, I mean, we all looked at ourselves and we were like. Let's go, Vlad Jr. Like, this was the slow-motion ejaculation clip. I've never seen baseball Twitter ejaculate like it has. Oh! With with the word. (laughs) That's what was happening. I turned it to 10. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, that's a slow-motion clip there. And people who were uh, saying, like... Welsh, you're right. It's worse when Bogman says it. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm not going to say it now, and I bet you it was say the word. pretty bad. Say it. I'm not. not going to say it. Just say the word um, and see how worse it is when you say nope, it. Nope. Not going to say it. Uh, what were we talking about? Vlad Jr. Ejaculation. is hurt. Um, oh, Jesus. Josh Donaldson is supposed to come back. Uh, but we thought, like, this was the opportunity. The guy's hitting over 400. The, like... Everyone is going nuts. The Fisher Cats put okay, out the, they did the LeBron if, they did okay. the LeBron meme right, of right, like right, JR right. Smith, come on, he's nineteen. Like everyone Welsh. wants him up. I Welsh. want him up. What? Welsh. What? what? If they knew Donaldson wasn't going to be back, you know, he wasn't gonna be gone long, he's just coming up on Friday. You don't want you don't want Vlad to come back up and then go back down, do you? Man, but what's what is what is truly keeping Vlad Jr. down? Tell Tim Miza or whatever his name is. <laughs> Tim, is Randall Gritchick? Who is keeping Vlad Jr. down. Kendry's Morales. Get the, the only f- one that out could of here. Is, the only one that could is Yangervis Solarte. Ugh. I mean, yeah, that's a good point. But he's a utility player. He's a, he's a utility guy. Vlad Jr. Utility can Utility guy in. with 12 bombs already. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you and me love good, We man. chirp him in spring training. The, the most sad thing that I have because he's gone is in spring training, you and I can't be in the front row just screaming at Solarte, and he always looks over at us when we do that, and we don't get that anymore. <laughs> we love Solarte. We always do that to like weird, the like weird players. Like we'll just hone in, and then they like it. But we don't get that anymore. So I like him. But 
I need like I wish the team could give us a real answer. Like where where are the sources? How come we always have sources and this Vlad Jr. situation, I don't hear any sources talking about why is he truly down? It does not make sense to me. Well, now he's down because he got hurt. Well, yeah, so. yeah, he got hurt. What yeah, what ended up happening? Uh he I think he strained his groin. He was running down to first mm. after uh you know uh Bo Bichette hit a double. Left leg, then, not his groin. Yeah, I know I know okay. we're all thinking about our groins when we think about Vlad Guerrero Jr., but it was his left leg. Well, I just, you know, uh, I saw the report last night. He was running to first, he hit the yeah. bag, and it came up limping, and they had to help him off. So Dude, I mean, that's like identical of uh, our boy Ronald Acuna. Oh, God, I hope it wasn't that bad. Yeah. That, I mean, that Ronald Acuna one looked disgusting. But he's back. I mean, he's that coming back. That dude is super flexible. I mean, that's that's all you can well, say. Well, I mean, you know, when you're an athlete. Like him. Yeah, but I mean, I see NFL players do that stuff all the time. Can you imagine? Like month. Dude, can you imagine? We had a guy when we played our competitive softball that hit the base like that, and he like tore his ankle and didn't play another game the entire season. Yeah, can you would... imagine landing on a base like that, like you right now? <laughs> no. My leg would break in half. My top half is so heavy. It's my bulbous gut. No way. Well, well, Vlad Jr. break right in half like a toothpick. He's uh, no sooner coming up. You know, Josh Donaldson's going to be back. He has to recover from this injury. It's starting to look like, you know, they may hold this till July, man. Yeah, I still think June is an opportunity. I'm still holding. I don't think people should be looking to trade. I have seen a couple anxious people that have wanted to move him. Don't do it. It's not worth it. And, um, you know, we got a we got a Vlad Jr. base question that we'll kind of talk about in uh, in uh, the the interview portion that we kind of brought up on the radio show. So that's one big disappointment. Mookie Betts to the DL, our guy, number one stunner on the DL. Zero shares. You know what? Zero shares for me too. Yeah, uh, I mean, is it's that not, true? It's not because we dislike Mookie Betts. He's a first round pick. If you weren't picking around the spot where you could get Mookie Betts, you just didn't get him. Yeah, so. I, I think that's what it was. I, I'm pretty sure it was. Number one player in fantasy, He uh, though that shouldn't last too long. Him and Mike Trout, as I'm looking at this, I don't know what Trout did on Sunday. Sunday he went 0 for 3. Um, Trout had 19 homers, Betts had 17. They both had 37 RBIs in a row. In a row? Uh, both have 13 stolen bases. Mookie Betts has three more runs. And Betts is hitting 359 to Mike Trout's 313. So those are the one and two players. Mookie Betts just, you know, doing doing all the proof that last year was an anomaly and not the uh, new norm. But the injury stuff is a major concern. Well, what do you think on timetable? Like, uh, your your know. idea. Because he, he's hoped to be activated on June 8th. I, I think it won't be that much longer than that. Maybe, you know, give it at best another week, you know. Right. He should probably be fine. Yeah, Mookie will be fine. Don't worry about that. Matt Harvey, uh, I not get, fine. Yeah, I mean, he turned into a pumpkin a little bit. Five runs, four and five innings pitch against San Diego, though. But they also are beating up, as we speak, Luis Castillo again. And uh, mm -hmm. Luis Castillo mm -hmm. is just uh, that, that that might be, at the end of the year, number one most people's take. I that mean, was number I guess, five, right? That was five on our list, right? Yeah, it was. I, you know, it had to be a little bit lower because I don't think everybody thought that. But it was yeah. one of those bad takes. But this is what I want everybody to do. Okay. I want everyone listening to tweet at Is It The Welsh? No. Your All Star Game lineups with players oh. that probably shouldn't get in, or the Welsh just wouldn't want in. Like we got in a fight on the radio because you said, "Oh, Nick Markake is not an All Star." Oh, okay. Well, he's like fourth in the league in hits. He's, that, but that's he's a, an All Star. You know what that is? That proves how poorish the uh, the play has been in the NL in the outfield. 
<laughs> no, it's just he's good. 100%. 100%. Uh, that shows how bad. Nick uh, I want Nick Markakis and Yanger Vassalarte to be starting in the All-Star game just so the Welsh has to hate it. I hate I do. I just. You I should know. hate it more if Stanton is starting, though. Because those guys are at least playing well. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It just like the All-Star game, the fan voting. I know people have fun with it. But, dude, it's just not. These guys are just sitting there clicking. There's People are making bots <laughs> out there to make sure guys are getting voted in. Nomar Garcia-Para made it one time. It's just, I think it's a joke. And I truly, I mean, I'm looking here. Not that fantasy is the, the 100% relevance to you know, like what the outfield looks like. Right, right. I mean, there's fielding involved. I mean, top 15 outfielders in, at least in fantasy, I mean, there's like three guys in the NL, or four guys in the NL. AJ Pollock is hurt. Marcakis is one of them, hitting 329. His other (laughs) peripherals are, eh. and then it's Charlie Blackman and uh, Bryce Harper. Yeah. It's just a joke. So Marcakis, Harper, and Blackman. That's good. It's not. Is that an (laughs) all-star game you want to watch? Sure, if they deserve to make it, they oh should get God. in, man. Yeah, okay, Trevor Cahill, Wade Miley, let's get those guys in. I, I Well, I'm not saying that, like, this is a different thing, though. Like, every team having one All-Star is, okay, that's kind of a ripoff uh, because, you know, the Marlins are going to have an All-Star this year. So, but... You know what would be cool? If a guy's deserving of it, even for a half year, he's deserving of it. You know what would be cool? If, uh, if there was some way, some type of platform that you could get some type of an extra credit. Like, so you know how there's the week of the All-Star game, you don't set any lineups. How cool would it be if there was something along the lines of, like, you getting the most All-Stars on your fantasy team that made it and, like, Ah. stats counted or there was this, like, extra bonus, you know, top three teams with the most All-Stars on their roster on their fantasy team. Like, wouldn't that be kind of cool if there was some relevance to it? If if that was a thing, Kyle Bearclaw would have been picked up way before he was named the closer. But see, (laughs) but that would be kind of cool. That would be, like, an extra little wrinkle. It's almost like, you know, there's some people do leagues where they run. You know what? Like getting credit for guys making the All Star Game when there's a fan vote for your fantasy team is worse than fans being able to vote for the All Star team. Um, yeah, I mean, we'd have we did. This like, is like a trickle down effect. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to find a way for me to give two S's about the All Star Game and I can't find it. So the home run derby's fun. Uh, Brandon yeah. Belt had an appendectomy, so he's gonna miss a little bit of time. Uh, I think that they said before. I think Adam Dunn. Uh, missed six games. So this is a fairly quick recovery. Dude, time. when I had my gallbladder taken out, people are like, oh, I went to work the next day. Dude, I was out like a month. Well, I, I mean, he's walk also right. a professional athlete. I, so. I was like, also, Kira, I couldn't walk right for like three weeks. <laughs> well, also, uh, you know, you waited until you were almost dead to have your gallbladder. Actually, mine actually stopped functioning. So that was the problem. Right. So, yeah. so uh, you waited until you almost died and you couldn't eat anymore and stuff. So that's probably had more to do with that it. That did happen. Uh, the Orioles are looking at Hanley Ramirez, the Welsh. I don't understand that because Great spot. they have. Chris Davis, Pedro Alvarez, Mark Trumbo. So. I like that. I like that. I mean, it makes no sense whatsoever, but I like that. I mean, that. but you have Hanley. You don't want him to be on the Orioles. Yeah, I do. I want him to be in that park. Absolutely. But he's not going to play every day. He's going to play. Chris Davis is the worst. No, you don't play Chris Davis. Chris Davis is the worst. He I plays over Chris you, Davis. I guarantee you. If he signs with Hanley, he's going to have days. Or if Hanley signs with the Orioles, he's going to have days off, random days off. I, I, but see, I don't see another place that he could go where he's going to be able to get consistent time. Anyway. Kansas City. 
Why would Kansas? Why would Kansas City spend money to bring him? I don't in? know. So they can trade him in a month. No one's gonna buy him. No one's gonna want him. Maybe. No, the uh, Angels. Maybe if the Angels wanted to put uh, Hanley at first over Valbuena, or you know, they. I mean, they give him some flexibility. Well, but but I. You know. Yeah. No, you're right. But to that point, though, I don't even know if you're going to get more playing time in with the Angels than you would Baltimore. I think he could be an almost everyday regular in Baltimore. I mean, he should be. And I agree with you with that. Like, well, Mariners? He absolutely should be. But they, yeah, Mariners wouldn't be bad. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, a couple other things here. Zach Britton is looking to return uh, on the Orioles' next homestand. So that is in a, about a week. Wonder if he, do you think he closes? Do you think he actually closes? Yeah. Like yeah. right away? Uh, not right away, but kind of like, um, God, who just came back and was... Um, I think that you said Why that. am I blanking on this? So one of the closers just came back. They didn't have him Bro- closing. Brock? And then, yeah. No, Brad Brock. I don't remember who it was. No, it wasn't Brock. It was uh, That's someone the only who was one. a normal closer. So I Britton? can't remember who it is off the top of my head, but it, I think that's what the, they'll ease him back in for about a week, maybe two weeks, and then he'll close. So okay. uh, Carlos Rodon should return next weekend. Okay. We already mentioned this. Um, Clayton Kershaw will miss about a month. Oh, Alex Reyes went back, back on, by the way, too. Yeah. That was stupid and sucked. Lat strain. After they said, oh, no, he's not hurt at all. It was just fatigue. And then, uh, yeah, maybe he has a lat Let strain. me jump this one before you say it. Uh, because on our sheet here, because this was the most recent news, but it got updated, where the talk was that Daniel Murphy was going to potentially be activated on Tuesday. They are now saying that there is still some time before oh. he gets activated. Because he's hitting and he's playing in games, but apparently running still isn't going well. So they're going to have him continue play. I, I don't understand this. They're going to continue having him play games, but apparently his running is such an issue that they don't want to put him out there. I suppose maybe he, I don't, I actually don't know if he's been playing on the field because if he's been playing on the field, why not? Maybe he's just solely maybe been hitting. DHing, yeah, yeah, which is possible. So uh looks like I wouldn't count on this week, especially weekly league people. I don't think Daniel Murphy's coming back this week, at least by the sounds of, uh, of Dave Martinez. And uh, Danny Salazar had a cortisone injection in his shoulder that has kept him out for the entire season. So it looks like we still have a little bit more time for Danny Salazar, who I was hoping we would get right around this time. Looks like it's going to be a little bit longer for Danny Salazar. And, you know, I don't know. I just, there, there's no timetable right now. So, nor is there any roster space for him. So, don't yeah, worry about it. probably not in a lot of leagues. I Definitely think I got not. him in a 20. I got him in the invitational. Uh, I got, I got I have like three shares of Danny Salazar. So, that's disappointing. Well, yeah, you should have zero. Zero yep. shares. Zero shares, Bogman. That's what I should have. I do have him in a keeper league. Can't get rid of him there. But everywhere else, I can dispose of Danny Salazar. All right, there you go. little look at what's going down. You guys know the drill is what you need to do for the next episode, but we ain't done here. Let's get to it. It's our interview with Justin Mason. It's in this league. Got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. What are electrolytes? Do you even know? It's what they used to make in this league i'm the smartest guy in the world says who iq test you took in prison brought to you by carl jr all right we're getting at it justin mason on the line from friends with fantasy benefits and co-host of sleeper and the bus you can find him on twitter at justin mason fwfb justin what's going on man oh it's just another beautiful day in paradise and glad to be on yeah, we're uh, we what we were talking about the Golden State. We got uh, your neck of the woods, my former neck of the woods. You got a little basketball going on. Nah, 
not so much baseball, but uh, you know, it's okay. Not that we do either. The Giants, are, the Giants are doing okay. They're they're hanging in it. The whole division considered. sucks right now. So That's actually, now that it's not May, the uh, the Diamondbacks are good again. So I like that. Just on off <laughs> off months and whatever. Is this an off year for the Giants or an on year? It doesn't matter. I mean, it's technically an even year, and the fact that they're actually even in the race in the division, considering the amount of injuries they've had. Uh, I, I think is, you know, fairly impressive. I mean, they've lost Bumgarner, they lost Cueto, they lost Samarja. All my um, voodoo dolls are working this year. Yeah, so unfortunately, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, like you said, that division is a, a little bit garbage right now. Um, so I, I, I think any team outside of San Diego could emerge victorious, and I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I buy that. Uh, what's going on in your world? What, uh, what should people be on the lookout for? Are you doing the pods with Spore? You got all your stuff over uh, with the Friends of Fantasy Benefits. What's going on? Man, I'm super busy these days. I write four to seven times a week at Fangraphs, about five times a week at Fantasy Alarm. Got the great fantasy baseball invitational uh, that's hosted by Fan Tracks um, on the Tat Wars Hour on Sundays on the Fantasy Sports Radio uh, Network, and then all my stuff for friends is my fantasy benefits uh, and writing over there. Um, the main kind of owner that, that kind of handles a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. Do two to three podcasts there, and with Spore and uh, Colette uh, for Sleeper in the Bus. So it's it's busy, and football isn't even started. Like this I did is just see- baseball. I did see someone complaining the other day. They're like, man, I tried to switch to a different <laughs> podcast to get away from Justin, and he was the guest on it. I just yeah. can't get away from Justin. So, yeah, you're doing a lot. It's the yeah, industry. I, I, I'm Catholic, and so I've learned from then that I need to spread my seed everywhere, <laughs> you know, impregnate the entire fantasy industry. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I tweeted out the other day that I'm only 17 more jobs away from doing this full time. What was Star-Lord's dad's name, the Welsh? Oh, I don't ego. remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, ego. ego. Yeah, Kurt Russell, ego. Exactly. That, that's Justin Mason, his ego. Just a big, that, just a big that's expanding exactly planet. That's exactly what my wife says. Yeah, okay, just a big expan- <laughs> uh, yeah, expanding planet. I, I, can, I can totally buy into that. All right, well, follow him on Twitter at Justin Mason, FWFB. We got a lot to cover, and we're going to kick it old school and do some old school player debates, which we haven't done in, I mean, I don't even know how long, but we'll do that. Justin, we got multiple things to cover on uh, on our show on the FNTSY show on Saturday. We were going. This was Saturday, right, Boggs? When we were doing yeah, this, it was yeah, because yep. we we were having this whole conversation about Clayton Kershaw. And if people want to go back and listen, I've had a couple people hit me up about just Kershaw trades, and I'm kind of saying, hey, go back and listen to that because it's a really good thing because we spent a whole segment on it. We kind of went through this process of trying to figure out, you know, how are how are you as a as a listener, or we're going to ask you specifically, how are you going to manage? Kershaw, the time being missed and where that value is placed. We had put some pitchers against him, but something we kind of came across was a player like Vlad Jr. And obviously the injury hadn't happened and, you know, he'll he'll recover fine in the next couple days from the injury. But you don't like rookies. You're not into injured pitchers. So how would you balance this one? If you owned Clayton Kershaw, would you trade Clayton Kershaw away for a Vlad Jr. who just maybe presumably could be up in two weeks or something like that? Or are you going to kind of stick to Clayton Kershaw because his value could not be any lower? Oh, man. This is redraft, this is by really, the way. This is a redraft question. Yeah, because I think in, well, I mean, even a, like a, a keeper you know, scenario, this becomes a really difficult question to answer. And as an argument 
uh, that we had a little bit on the Friends of Fantasy Benefits staff chat earlier today because people are saying, yeah, no, I, I'm going to take Vlad over the Vados and over the uh, Kershaws of the world next year. I don't even know if I can do that yet. And it's not that I hate rookies. I just hate trying to predict timetables because you hate young players. I mean, no, you know. no. I, I mean, you know, well, it's timetables and every rookie has a timetable, right? But we, is that we what just it is? don't we just don't know. Like, had, had I truly believed that Ronald Acuna was going to be up when he was going to be up, I would have been in with a lot of the hype because I, I love younger. I love young players. Um, it's just a matter of. I don't want to have to wait, especially in this day and age when injuries are just so rampant. It's so hard in the majority of your formats to keep that dead roster spot on, you know, and especially I play in deep leagues. And so it's really difficult to roster a guy that you have no idea when they're going to come up. And the problem with Vlad Jr. is when's he going to come up? Because by all accounts, he should be here already, right? I mean, he's just lighting the world on fire, doing things we've never seen uh, other players do in double A. They haven't moved him to triple A yet, much less to the majors. And he may skip triple A because that seems to be in vogue uh, nowadays. But would it surprise me if he's up tomorrow? It wouldn't surprise me if he's up tomorrow. Would it surprise me if he's not up at all uh, this year? So this that sounds like you're sticking with either. Kershaw in this one. I think I think you have to. Um, and I, I'm not going to like beat anybody up. If they don't, but I think at the end of the day, we're talking about a guy who can be the best player uh, in fantasy when he's right. Um, you're going to have to wait at least a month to find out. But uh, I just I think there is a legitimate shot that we don't even see Vlad Jr. up uh, until September, because what do the Blue Jays have? You know, where's the incentive for them other than to sell tickets? Well, I mean, I I see where you're going with that. There's a a fan base question. There's a jersey sale question. There's a marketability question. There's a lot of stuff that sits in there for uh, the reality of baseball. But I I get the logic of what you're saying. Okay, let me pair it. Let's take Vlad Jr. out of it. He's a tough one to kind of crack right now, especially with the injury. Here was the original one I posed to Bogman. and, And we went to another level after. Knowing Kershaw, you don't have him for a month. Would you trade your Kershaw for a Charlie Morton, who's playing at an all-time high? He's playing incredible, but from a name and just kind of value perspective, I don't think anyone would be shocked if Charlie Morton fell off. So mm-hmm. would you trade your month lack of production and the risk that Kershaw holds to get a Charlie Morton now? Trade you a, uh, what was it, Bogman? Was my, uh, trade you a burger today. Gladly have a burger <laughs> today and trade you twice. It's my cliche. I need my cliche book. It, I don't yeah, know what it is. Go grab your cliche I book. got it. It was the wimpy. I'll, I'll uh, pay you for two hamburgers today for, or yeah. uh, tomorrow for a hamb- one hamburger. Boy, today. that so, went well. Yeah, so uh, Charlie yeah, Morton I mean, or Clayton Kershaw. I think it's all uh, contextual based on where your team's at today. If your team is, you know, stuck in the middle or even lower in the standings and you need statistics right now in order to, in your head-to-head league to catch up uh, in the standings or in your roto league to catch up in pitching, then I think you have to make that move. I think you got to trade away Kershaw and ride with Charlie Morton. I think if you're comfortably in first in the league, then I would probably, especially in your head-to-head formats, I'd, I'd, just, I'd roll the dice that Kershaw comes back and is okay um, because he can be so dominant. And uh, especially, I know you, you guys play a lot of head-to-head leagues. Uh, I know your listeners play a lot of head-to-head leagues. I want Kershaw for the playoffs. And so I'm going to roll the dice. If I know I'm going to be in the playoffs, that 
that he's going to be there and healthy and I can uh, bank on elite stats and and hopefully not lose out on a Charlie Morton because he hasn't pitched 200 innings. I don't know, maybe if he's done it in his career. Okay, last so you're just, yeah, I was just going to do the last one, Boggs, real quick, because this Go is ahead. the one where we both turned to say, like, okay, this this was Bogman's comfortable line of trading away Kershaw, James Paxton. Does that do anything, or is it the exact same thing you just said about Charlie Morton exists? Because a lot of the same factors exist for James Paxton, though, I think an overall better player. The injuries, the playing you know, time, that type of stuff. Does it change any of that uh, advice you just gave? I think it's the exact same advice. Okay. Okay, so no, so you're just not really worried about this back injury because he's going to be out a month, and you think they're just giving him time to fully recover. I mean, I'm worried. You've got to be worried with any sort of back injury like this because we just don't, you know, backs aren't like a uh, concrete science, right? You know? And so there, there's obviously worry for me, but uh, the upside of a Kershaw. When he's You're just too hard-headed to, to flip him because yeah. of what you invested and because of how good he can be. And not necessarily what I invested because I'm, I, I definitely am a believer in you know I don't want to lose out on an investment, but I'm also ready to cut bait if you know if there's no money to be made. But um, they're not shutting him down. They're not saying okay, this is because uh, you know in a, in some regards. The Dodgers have something to gain right now by saying, okay, we're going to shut him down for the year and make sure he's healthy because he's got an opt-out clause at the end of this season. So if they shut him down, they destroy his value in terms of opting out for the future and testing the market or making them give him a better contract. Uh, So, I mean, theoretically, if they wanted to, you know, make sure he doesn't opt out and they've got him under contract through 2020 – they could just say, "Yeah, screw it. We're going to put you on the DL for the rest of the year. We're we're going to make sure you're healthy." And I mean, who would really blame them? Um, so I think they're they've got their eyes set on the championship. They think he is going to be okay at some point, um, and I'm going to uh, put my faith in the team and, and that they're doing the right thing. Well, there's one thing we can agree on: Dodgers aren't winning anything this year. I I think like all of us mm-hmm. NL West people. Will uh will agree with that. I mean, I know they're only two and a half games. I'm out. not willing so to say that. Playoffs. I'm not willing. They're to not say winning that. anything that, ever. So that division is just so bad that I don't know if I can say that. I mean, right I now think it's you, good. One they're, they're one on Machado them. trade away, and then maybe another pitcher trade away from and being like hello. In those minor leagues. I mean, I know yeah. Chris, you 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 do the prospect one uh, podcast. So, I mean, you know how strong their minor league system is. They they have built that team without having to sacrifice very much in terms of their prospect talent. Um, and there are going to be a ton of guys out on the trade market. And I think we're going to see guys go for a little bit cheaper than maybe we would expect them to based on what their names and, and past trade deads, deadlines have looked like. So like, would it surprise me if they just go, we're going to empty out our system? Um, and we're going to try to go win another, you know, go win a championship. We were super close uh, last year, uh, especially if Kershaw is healthy at some point. Um, you know, we'll know in a month before the trade deadline uh, whether or not Kershaw is back to being himself. 
Uh, Jesus, so. you guys got so serious. I was just giving the Dodger fans a bunch of crap here. <laughs> You're just I trying to like, rile, you know, rile up the they, troops. Yeah, they lost in seven games last year. I feel I no sympathy because I'm I, a Diamondbacks fan. I was oh, trying to rattle it up. People get more like, mad oh, about your system, and, and people blah, get blah, more blah. mad about your mad about your Baltimore Ravens takes than they do Dodgers. I don't know. Dodgers fans, they they're I mean, uh, yeah. they're West Coast fans. We were talking about this off air. They don't care. Yeah. Well, um, Dodgers fans notoriously leave early, so I'm do- I doubt they're still listening to this. They podcast. probably left the pod like 20 minutes ago for sure. <laughs> they're like oh, they giant... already left this this podcast to be. They're, no, like, they're a like a Giants no, fan Giants is gonna fans yeah, Giants <laughs> fans gonna talk to two Diamondbacks fans. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I'll move off of the Dodger fans here, Justin. I know that you're still drinking George Springer's bathwater, and that's I mean, you have a shirt made up about it and everything. Like it's it's funny and gross all at the same time. I want to know. Who whose bath are you dipping a cup into now? Gross. Who else? Because there's got to be somebody else who you're like, you know what? That guy is really, really good. Like, who are you into right now? I mean, I was early. I don't want I don't want to say like I, you know, I, there were a lot oh, of I started the trend. Yeah, no, I, I'm not saying that by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, I think I was part of the early hype on Ozzy Albies. I think there were a lot of people in on that hype, too. So. Uh, I, I would definitely say I'm drinking his bathwater. Enosaurus is the original bathwater yeah. drinker from from. Oh Ozzy. yeah, I mean, and and I was skeptical that he'd have this kind of power. I don't think anybody necessarily thought he'd have this kind of power this quickly. Um, but I mean, I've been you know a huge. I've been on that bandwagon for a long time. Um, I, I know Chris Stratton is the guy that my name gets thrown around the most with. That's unfortunate. Uh, yeah. So, um, and uh, Kyle Gibson's another one that uh, my name gets mm. thrown around with. And, yeah, and that I, whole video made up. <laughs> yeah, the dude, the dude who did that. Um, what what an awesome follow right there for him to put that together because I never could have done that myself. Let me ask you this: Chris Stratton or Patrick Corbin rest of the season? Well, obviously it's Patrick Corbin. Okay. I, mean, I still have my concerns with Corbin. I just want to uh, know if you're like chugging that bathwater or if you no, like you're just sipping it. Gross. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for the most part, I'm still I'm still drinking the the the, uh, the Springer bath water. I don't know that anybody is going to uh, pop up and really take take on that kind of uh, that kind of love uh, that I had for him early on before he came up. Um, and I was, you know, really, really leading the charge on him. Uh, but Who takes a bath anyway. Like, when was the last time you guys took a bath? I, you know, you know when a bath comes into play when you're really sick. Like, I, I'm down yeah. for a bath when I'm really sick. Like, I got like one of those bad chills, or uh, I don't know. But yeah, it's 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 pretty few and far between. I'm way too tall for baths too, so it's like yeah, uh, it's I'm a, a problem. Big guy, so fitting in a bathtub <laughs> to begin with, uh, <laughs> you know, it, that can be. Uh, that can be pretty ugly. So. Yeah, nothing is more awkward feeling. It's like put. It's like wearing a two X and putting on a large. Like you get in a bath and you're just like, I hope no one can ever see me. Like this doesn't fit well. <laughs> yeah, like sausage in the casing. It's like the only bad. reason you're getting in the bath is because the water is lubricating the sides and you can just kind of squeeze into it. And you're like, well, this is not enjoyable for five more minutes. So. <laughs> I think the last couple of apartment complexes before this one didn't have a bathtub like they just it was just a shower, you know, so in this one, I do have a bathtub. It is gigantic. I could fit two of me in it. Well, and I'll hey. just never use it. OK, so, I'll try to fit two sometime. You do, you do when you have kids because, yeah, know, you, you instead of having to, you know, especially a guy like me and I'm sure Chris, this has got to be especially true for you being so tall. Like it's so annoying to have to like reach into a bath. 
like be on your knees or be bent over at the waist to try to give a, a little kid a bath. And so sometimes it's just easier to, to jump on in the bath with a kid and be like, okay, we're going to treat this like the world's smallest pool. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a whole situation. It's a problem. I don't mean to bring it back to the Dodgers, but there is a glaring thing that is going on, and we kind of teased it a little bit earlier in the show. Dave Roberts commented that the team isn't quite there on when he was asked if the team was considering sending Cody Bellinger down due to his struggles. He's hitting 180 in the month of May. How far off at all are you on Bellinger? I've got a... a I like a, this show. We're crapping on the Dodgers. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I got a, a here or there for you right Who after, but, but where are you on Bellinger right now? Where do you sit on him and his struggles? Uh, you know, I was just talking about him kind of briefly earlier today on the Towers Hour uh, with Lore. Um, I'm, I, I was super concerned coming into the season uh, because I felt he got exposed, that there were some holes in his swing uh, and his approach uh, that were really, uh, really shown during that playoff run when he struggled just so mightily. And I think we, as uh, an industry in the fantasy community, get so excited about young talent and being on the next big thing that people really just blew him up, blew uh, uh, Reese Hoskins up uh, a little bit too high. And I think he needs to go down to AAA, but the Dodgers are just so beat up that they, who are they going to play? They're already playing Max Muncie. Like, who's that? Yeah. Uh, like, who is that? Who is Mac <laughs> Muncy? Yeah. By the way, yeah. we were we were an up away from phrasing there, but I I totally agree, and it's definitely a sketchy thing. Okay, so then let me let me put this into perspective. Scott Piankowski of Yahoo just on Sunday put up an article where he was talking about how he redid his corner infield values, and the the picture had Bellinger on it, and when you go in, he bottomed out Bellinger. To the point, I believe Jose Ramirez was the number one guy at about $46. This is some dollar uh, values put to this. Bellinger was dropped all the way down to $12. Mikel Franco was $13 ahead of him, and he was in the same category, Bellinger, as Justin Bohr. He technically had Justin Bohr in front of uh, Cody Bellinger, but I was trying to not take that personal just for the dollars and just take it for the dollar perspective. So when you're thinking about this, Franco or Bellinger? I mean, you're saying we all got kind of hyped up about Bellinger, but I mean, Pinekowski's saying that Franco is a dollar more valuable than Bellinger rest of season. What say you? I I, I couldn't do that. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, and like I've been one of those guys on the Franco uh, bandwagon before, but we just have to get to a point where we admit that he's never going to be what he is in spring training. Um, because he he is a preseason all star, uh, and then he actually gets to go up against decent major league pitching, and he can't put it all together. So, um, whereas we've seen Bellinger put it all together at the major league level, and we we saw for 132 games last year, him just absolutely destroy pitching at the major league level. There is still that talent in there. It's just a matter of can he get back to? Can he readjust? since the pitching is adjusted on him. So I don't think I'm putting guys like Justin Bohr and Mikel Franco over Bellinger from a rest of the season perspective. Maybe for the next couple weeks or something, I would do that. But you don't make a trade right now for just the next couple weeks uh, unless you're extremely desperate. Some interesting names up in here, Bogman, too. You've got uh, Evan Longoria, who's above him, Eduardo Escobar, 
CJ Kront, Ryan Healy. Um, even, I mean, it goes into more. I think, I think where you get into the debate That's a conversation, down with the ship situation, though, isn't it? Like it kind, yeah. You had to take Bellinger at best early third, right? So yeah. you just can't flip him for Ryan Healy or Franco or even a combination of those two guys. I think is still here's a version a, of a debate a real much. quick. Almost double the value. Actually, you know what? I'm going to give you the double value player. Tw- uh, worth twice as much as Cody Bellinger, according to Pinekowski. Nick Castellanos at $24. Bogman, we'll start with you. Castellanos or Bellinger? Oh, God. Oh, man. Castellanos seems to be turning the corner. I'm going to go with him. What do you think, Justin? Ooh, that's tough. I think um, it is, too. I think that was brutally tough. I think I go Castellanos as well. Uh, but that, like... Like I don't have any shares of Bellinger, so like this wouldn't be a you know decision I ever have to make. But um, like this hurts my soul trying to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just that's that's uh, you know. Who and are that's, you taking the Welsh? You, you're you're getting out of this by asking the question here. I'm gonna go Bellinger. I'm gonna yeah. like I, I've stuck with the Goldie train for right or wrong. You know he's he's writing a little bit of it, but I don't know if it's ever going to be worth like you know how you and i have kind of just been like we're gonna stick with it where people are jumping off the train i mean i think at the end of the day like the people that are trading him now are gonna miss value because he will return higher but i don't know if he'll become original goldie at this point well to me, but he also has like a long-term track record we're coming off you know yeah i know like I, a year and a half of bellinger yeah no so i totally just, agree just with think it. about all the people who freaked out in the first couple weeks of the season on jose ramirez yeah. and francisco lindor I mean, talent is talent. And, uh, you know, Baseball HQ's and Ron Chandler's old moniker yep. uh, was like, once you show a skill, you own that. Believe it. And Bellinger showed the skill. So if you invested a second or third round pick, why sell for 30 cents on the dollar? Hey, Dominic Brown. <clears throat> well, my but oh, it, here's the only thing I would throw out here of all the positions to say to kind of um, add on to the point is look at the guys that people might have got out on free agency. I'm not saying you did it, but I think a lot of people were cutting bait on Matt Carpenter for a time. And, yep. you know, there are there are plenty of guys. I were Candelario. I was, I was worried about that shoulder injury. Yeah. I mean, I didn't invest. I'm still but worried I, about that I would shoulder. have been cutting him. But so. I'm just saying yeah. there are guys out there. The Anjouars might be out there. The Candelarios might be out there. I think the replacement dollar value you can get if you need to bench Bellinger for right now is worth much more than the trade that you're going to get back from him, yes. especially if you're if we're dealing in the same like camp of players. It's a, most trades are probably not going to exist around this, but there literally might be someone that's like, you know what, I'm not doing this Bellinger. I need someone that can fit my corner infield because I moved, you know, whoever Yonder Alonso to first, and they'll go and take a Nick Castellanos, and that's just where that goes. But I'm going to stick with Bellinger on this one for right or wrong. What about Justin Brandon Nimmo and Matt Olson have been two of the hottest players over the last couple weeks. Are you buying or selling these guys to stay hot? Mm, I'll start with Olsen. I'm not buying it. Uh, this is who Matt Olsen is. He is going to have super hot moments. And then, I mean, not too long ago, people were, like, complaining about how cold he was. And he hadn't achieved anything. And He's the you Justin know, Upton. Yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, he's one of those guys that at the end of the year, you're going to look at his stats and you go, okay, I, you know, I'm okay with what I got from him, but he's never going, I don't think he'll ever be the kind of guy that puts together the unbelievable season, um, you know, or completely tanks out. So I think, you know, 260, 30, you know, home runs, which is great, but 
Um, I, if people who think that he was going to hit 45 homers uh, and you know maybe are trying to buy back in on that uh, you, you are a little bit crazy. Nimmo is an interesting case because I believe in the talent. Um, and if, if you could guarantee me he was going to play full-time rest of the year, I'd be totally buying in right now. But I don't trust the Mets to save my life. Um, it's they they don't like him. Like they, you know, uh, what did Matthew <laughs> Barry like used to say? He doesn't <laughs> like you. Yeah, they, uh, Matthew Barry used to talk about uh, Jason Mott and how the Cardinals had a Mott-like hatred for him. Um, and I, I think the the Mets have a Mott-like hatred for for Brandon Nimmo. It, they just they, they will not give this kid the chance. They're too invested in other parts of that outfield uh, for some other reason. Uh, and, you know, as soon as guys are healthy again, he's going to be lacking for playing time. And uh, depending on your depth of your league, that's going to be difficult to roster. So maybe now's the time to jump off the bandwagon and get full freight before Cespedes is back and healthy. Um, but uh, I'm more of the mind that I don't think you'll get enough in return for what he can produce right this second. I think you just ride it out and um, and hope that when Cespedes comes back, someone else gets hurt. Sure. Right. Or Cespedes gets hurt. Or Cespedes again. gets hurt again. And yeah. again. And again. That's what yeah. Yeah, he does very well. Hey, let's go kick it old school. It's old school ITL stuff, how we used to do it with some player debates. It's in this league. Buckle up, buckaroo. All night. Well, we used to. I don't even have a sounder for it anymore. I don't even know where the hell it went. Uh, we haven't done that as a regular segment. But, I mean, we have been talking about player debates throughout the season as we've uh, kind of reviewed some of the people in the book and what they had gone with. So, But let's, like, actually hit some full-on reviews and or some player debates. And I've got a really interesting one that I'm uh, we're, I'm going to test a little bit. We're going to test some of the, the young versus old, the tried, you know, that type of stuff. And, uh, Justin, we got to start with you on this very first one. Rest of season, how we do it. We all pick rest of season, standard five by five. We'll kind of pick the winner after we all uh, make our decisions. Juan Soto or Andrew McCutcheon, rest of season. Where do you go? Man, this is uh, <laughs> this is an interesting one because if you had asked me prior to the season if there's any chance that for 2018 that I would take uh, Juan Soto over Andrew McCutcheon, uh, I would have laughed at you forever. Um, but... I think I, you got to take Juan Soto right now. It sounds like the Nationals are trying to get Adam Eaton a lot of his rehab work in center field so they can bench Michael Taylor and keep Juan Soto in the lineup. Uh, that lineup around Soto is so great. And just the ceiling is endless with a guy like Soto. And he's hitting right now. 349, 429, 558, two home runs and a stolen base. Uh, I think it's Soto, and I don't think it's particularly close. Bogman, what do you think? Andrew McCutcheon, your guy, even though he's kind of Justin's guy now with the Giants, hit a homer on Sunday as uh, we were recording this, hit a bomb, hitting 248, but only, he's only got four of them against uh, the hotness in Juan Soto. What do you think? Uh, I feel like you I know you weren't going to like this one, yeah. Like, to screw with me. Um, man, uh, you know, it's just I'm afraid to pick Soto. I'm going to pick Soto, but I'm afraid mm, to pick him because Sounds like you're hedging that- your bets. I'm not. Well, I mean, of course, you have to hedge in this one. What I'm going to say about McCutcheon is I'm fearful of my pick that it might be wrong, not because I think that, you know, 
like they're obviously playing on a different level right now. Soto is playing very, very well, and McCutcheon just has not turned it on. But like last year when he hit that whatever it was, when he made that adjustment and then he took off, like I'm afraid that he can do that again. But I think because he's in a new situation uh, and he hasn't been as good, maybe age is just finally catching up to him. So you got to take Juan Soto in that great lineup in Washington. Uh, and he's playing just on another level, so you have to take Soto in this one. But I don't like I don't like it. Yeah, all. I mean this is a is a clean sweep. It's obviously Soto for me. I mean, and you got to take the skill set, and you almost look and say you can ask it both ways. What is Juan Soto do better than Andrew McCutcheon, and what is Andrew McCutcheon going to do better than Juan Soto? And at the end of the day, I think the only time you come back to Andrew McCutcheon is we, we kind of what we talked about in this episode, where you come back to like, well, he's done it before. I mean, he's not doing it recently, but he's had production <clears> before. <throat> where Juan Soto, maybe there's a little bit of a question if he were to be sent down or something like that. But How many it, homers does Kutch hit this year? He's got four right now. It's June uh, 3rd. I'd say 14 and a half is the over-under. What do you take, Justin? Mm. Uh, l- for the rest of the season? No, oh, right, did you say, yeah, total. total? Yeah, total. 14 and a half is the over-under. I'm, I I'm making. he goes over... 14 and a half because I mean you know this is not to say like I'm down on Andrew McCutcheon actually the number the underlying numbers say that McCutcheon will be better I mean he's hitting the ball harder than he has ever hit the ball in his entire major league career 47.7 percent hard contact percentage almost all of the numbers are either in line or uh or better than they were last year I think part of this is the park and the lineup around him. If if he was on a different team, and I hate saying this about my own Giants, but if he was on a different team playing half his games in a different park, uh, I I would probably lean back to McCutcheon because I think uh, the numbers would pick up a lot faster. Uh, so I'm, I'm not down on McCutcheon by any sense of the imagination. But for me, Soto is just the ceiling is unlimited, and I don't I don't think you can say that about McCutcheon anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it's limited is the problem. His ceiling is limited, and uh, Juan Soto's is unlimited. So, agree. We sweep it. Juan Soto over Andrew McCutcheon. Rest of season. What do you got, Boggs? What about what about Scooter Jeanette Gannett versus hmm. Glaber Torres, Justin? Yeah, can we get a ruling on this name? We went been- through a whole thing. Like Bogman messed with me. He's been trying to correct me, <laughs> and then I got it right, Every time and then he, he does screwed it one with way, me. I, I tell him to say it the other way. It's Jeanette. <laughs> That's. It's Jeanette. <laughs> okay, it is. All right, because I, I always thought it was Jeanette, and then I was talking to Clay Link earlier today, and he's from that, you know, that area of the country, and he was like, it's Gannett. I'm like, all right. Yeah, we had right. this whole thing, actually, because we just went to, uh, I, with I a listener, we just sure went. I heard to, the announcer saying Jeanette. Yeah, they so, well, that's yeah. the whole thing. We just went to a Reds game, a Reds Diamondbacks game, and when and Scooter came up, we're like, Scooter! And they said Jeanette, and we're like, there you go. There you go. It's settled. So what do you think, Torres or Jeanette? Uh, this is a difficult one, too, and because... Uh, I, I mean, I've been a big uh, Jeanette fan uh, prior to him breaking out, and then I jumped off board. Too, by right, the way, yeah, I jumped off board before he did. So um, I feel really, really strong about that decision. Um, but uh, I believe in what he's doing. The question becomes: Can he continue to do this after he gets traded? And you got to think the Reds are in a position where they they need to get something for these this last year and a half uh worth of breakout so um and i i didn't believe torres had this kind of power uh in his bat right now and it's it's so amazing to watch these young guys come up and mash right away and seeing austin meadows hit for more power than i think anybody expected uh coming up and we've already seen 
uh, I, if you had told me that Torres was going to hit 10 home runs rest of the way when he got called up, I'd be like, oh, that sounds about right. He's already gotten nine, and he's hitting 317. Uh, I think I'm going to go Jeanette, but I, I, I could be swayed in a different direction because of the lineup and, uh, and the ballpark in New York. This one is so much more difficult than Soto versus McCutcheon. So much more. Jeanette is the most odds-defying player that I I can just think of. It's unbelievable. The guy's hitting 342, and it's not just like, uh, you know, it's small sample size. Third of the season. He's still doing this. It's unbelievable to the point where, you know, when you offhandedly just said when they trade him, I kind of look at the situation and it's like, well, you know, they got a Eugenio Suarez who they want long term at third base. They have openly talked about Sinzel playing shortstop. When I saw Sinzel in uh, spring training, he was playing second and they were kind of working him there. But um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I There's part of me that says, why wouldn't they look at trying to keep him around? That's beside the point. That's not into the question, though. My gut is telling me I got to stay with the young guy and the upside and go with Glaber Torres. I, it actually doesn't feel super great because I'm going against a player that's hitting 342 and it's June. He's got more homers. But Glaber Torres, you know, the, the team, the uh, when you expand out, I mean, he's done these nine homers, this power surge in a relatively short period of time. You extend it out, I think he's in. He's definitely in line with 20 homers. He's always been, kind, even though his on-base percentage or his uh, walk percentage is pretty low compared to what I've known him to be, he's a guy that's going to get on base, knack for the ball, I'm going with Glaber Torres, but it is razor thin. What do you think, Pox? I think I would rather be the guy in Crimson Tide who had to choose whether or not to give the code to launch the nukes than choose between these two guys. <laughs> uh, this one is razor thin. I think, you know, what I was saying before the season was I want any part of the Yankees lineup. And I think I'm going to have to stick with that with Glaber. I don't... Ugh. I can't believe I'm saying that because Scooter Jeanette is, you guys just mentioned, he's hitting so well, and he's putting it together two years in a row. He's proving some power. Oh, man. Um, Best hitter on I, a team that has Joey Votto. Just think about that. It's unbelievable. Yeah, but, I mean, Glaber has all those other guys. He's stand and judge, and, uh, you know, if Didi can ever find the broadside of a boat again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Greg Bird's got a ton of power. He's back in the He's a four-letter word on this podcast. Please bleep that, bleep that out. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'm going to go with Glaber because of the lineup, and I don't think he's coming out of it. So they, I know they have other options and stuff, but I think that he's got to stick. So I, I'm, I'm going to go with Glaber, but I can easily be convinced to take Scooter. Okay. Last one here, and this is the true battle. This is the fun of the player debates, where you take a uh, overall proven player who's performing at a bad clip this season and a guy that is really coming into his own and playing at a really unbelievable level right now. We are going to pair the Fulte, Mike Fultonevich. Fultonevich versus Carlos Carrasco. And because Bogman is sweating me asking him this first, Justin, we'll start with you. Carrasco and <laughs> This his... one's easier than the other one to me. Is it so. easy for you? Okay, we'll start with you. Let's have our guest uh, go last then. Jimmy Fulte. I, I want, I, and I know Fulte isn't pitching as, like, he's not this good, you know, because his ERA is 2-2-2 and his XFIP is 3.5. But he's got 80 strikeouts, 69 innings. The Braves are winning nice. games. Uh, he's already half the way 
uh, to his win total from last season. Uh, it seems like he's getting stronger every start almost. Uh, I'm I'm going to go with Faulty. Okay, Justin, what do you think? Actually, we'll go to you next here. What do you think? Um, this is uh, this is an interesting one. Um, because I mean, Fulty has been just so good, but I don't think the underlying numbers are that much different uh, from last year for him when he put up a four seven nine ERA. The slider is better, and that that is a definite change. It's taken a step forward, but his other pitches are mediocre to bad, um, and that park is can be just disastrous to uh, to, to right handed pitchers, um, and so. I think that there is a lot of regression coming very quickly. Um, I don't know if you saw this uh, the other day, but uh, Vlad Sedler had a dream that Mike Fulton-Nevis yeah. <laughs> was going to throw a no-hitter, and then, then he goes out and throws a two-hit uh, shutout. And so as long as Vlad stops dreaming about him, I think he's going to uh, hit a wall at some point, and it's going it's to get ugly. Vlad needs to find more interesting dreams. You yeah, know, for sure. Well, is it, wasn't, Vlad, but wasn't Vlad also – uh, Go ahead, sorry. About Tout wars being being uh, taking the uh, um, the uh, the boat back from Staten Island at Tout Wars. I was like, I, I hope I was wearing pants. Was I wearing pants? <laughs> Wasn't Vlad also the one on this show that said Carrasco is going to be better than Kluber? Kluber. Yeah. Yes. So a lot of Vlad here. Uh, I'm going to agree with Justin. You know, these guys almost have identical x fips. The, a concern for me for Fulty is the almost four walks per game for nine. Uh, four walks per nine. The strikeouts there, he's playing awesome. But I got a feeling, you know, Carrasco's a guy, he's going to turn it around. His strikeouts are down. He, he's keeping the walks in line. Um, you know, more guys are scoring, less guys are staying on base. But he's got about a full run differential from ERA to XFIP. And in this, this is one of those cases where I'm going to go with what I know. And I know that Carlos Carrasco possesses the ability to be a top-end fantasy asset. I do think Fulty is going to have to come back a bit. So by that standard, you know, this isn't a, a situation of, uh, you know, an injured pitcher like Carlos Carrasco versus a Fulty. This is just underperforming, overperforming, and I'm going to go with the really good guy who is underperforming. It's a damn close one. And he is Justin Mason. You can find him on Twitter at Justin Mason FWFB, doing all the pods all around the world. And I, yeah, yeah, we appreciate you coming on, Justin. <laughs> it was great to be back on. I really appreciate it, guys. All right, there you go. Justin Mason, appreciate him coming on the show. A couple things for you guys to know. Oh, here's one. On Monday, uh, not only is the MLB draft going on, but me, myself, and I, uh, I'm going to do a chat over on the ITL Army Live Patreon. stream for the entire thing? Nope, I wish. Oh. You know, I, I should have planned better. I, I would be into that. I would actually be into that. But I just I didn't take the day off. I got too much going on. But I am going to do a uh, live chat on the ITL Army page. So patreon.com slash ITL Army. Any level of the Army is going to get it. And uh, my also my new ranks, my top 500 prospect list is out there. My top 50 oh. plus of the uh, MLB draft guys. There's some J2 stuff in there. So if you want, you can drop prospect questions of guys that are up, guys that aren't. You can drop uh, MLB draft questions, whatever it is. I'll be doing that kind of mid day ish over on the ITL army. Just go join up. And obviously there's lots of other stuff. There's the secret show. Um, funny. Cause we had a great secret show where Bogman ate Taco Bell when he hadn't done it mm -hmm. for 18 years. We extended it over to the radio show. And we found out something amazing. Because, by the way, 
I, I had somebody, and it was really nice, someone I hadn't heard, uh, like, I don't know who listens to our radio show over on FNTSY, so it's always kind of nice when I hear, like, people from the podcast or our kind of world that are like, hey, I like it. And someone that, um, I don't want to blow up people's spots or anything, but someone who I didn't know listened to the radio show just messaged me and was like, hey, I really enjoyed the last couple of weeks. And I was like, thank you. That actually means a lot because we, you know, that it's a- it's Give a, out their home address. Yeah, it's a different show. It's kind of, a, I'm not trying to, I mean, I would love to give accolades. I don't know. I just, I don't want to blow up people's spots. Like someone might take it like they don't listen to the show or whatever. It was just a very <laughs> nice thing that they said. Gotcha. And okay. it was one of those things like because nice things. it's a different type of show that we do. And it, there, there's a lot of bits and kind of comedy stuff and whatever. We had two great things we had the attempting to go viral with what is your best damn uh best damn sports show period new roster that was a great one and we also were like what is the one fast food joint you have sworn off due to bogman's thing due to bogman's <laughs> mcdonald's thing not to bogman's thing by the way but bogman's <laughs> mcdonald's thing gross super taco gross. bell thing yeah and we had while we were doing the show we had all different responses but over the last couple of days there is one determining factor. Arby's is the grossest place on the planet, according to everyone on the planet. I know. Everyone was killing Arby's. I think Even was, Deadpool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, and I realized that I'm a liar, the Welsh. Oh, he's a liar. I knew it. See, I was waiting for that. That's from yeah. the show we listened to. Uh, he's a liar. He's a liar. Uh, I forgot that right before I left my old job, like, a week before that, I was uh, I was driving home, and one of the other guys flagged me down. He's like, "Hey, I got an extra one of these," and he threw a roast beef sandwich at me from Arby's. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Meh, I'm really hungry, and I don't want to stop anywhere, so I'll eat it." And I ate it, and no problems. That is uh, that is crazy. I literally, like, I think we had like two Burger Kings. Everyone else was different. McDonald's Everybody didn't come up about once. about Burger King, they're just like, it's just not good. It's not even that it's, yeah, that's it made true. me sick or anything. It's just not that good. We had some funny stories. McDonald's never came up once, which was yeah. incredible. It might have been the only popular mainstream place that did not come up, which was shocking. But the amount, I literally went down my, stream, my feed stream. There were five straight RB ones. Where people were like, Arby's disgusting. Our guy Rucker talked about uh, Rucker's in this amazing fitness person, by the way, who sh people should hit him up if you're ever looking to like not die. But back, <laughs> I think in his heyday, he talked about like some contests him and his buddies did where they he took down ten ro roast beef sandwiches, and I was like, well, no wonder you don't eat at that place anymore. <laughs> at least uh, seven of those came out of one of two ends. Man, I I'm trying to think of. Because they used to have the, uh, you know, the show that we listened to when they were on the radio out here. Uh, they had this, uh, what's better, something or Arby's five for five ninety five, and because the guy loved Arby's, and uh, the answer was all always Arby's for five ninety five. It'd be like, you know, um, the the last answer would always be like, what's better, sex with supermodels or Arby's five for five ninety five, and. Uh, you would have to answer Arby's five for five ninety five to get the prize that they were giving away. Okay. You make up ridiculous ones like that, or like winning the lottery. Because I don't think so. I, like I, I don't think so. What we learned, what we learned from the radio show, and now talking about here, uh, not true. Everybody yeah, has I mean, sworn off Arby's. I think you enjoy Arby's uh, so much. First of all, it's more expensive than all the rest of the places. How are they, they in for, business? Uh, I don't. People like roast beef, man. Do they? People love roast beef sandwiches. All right. And they do have deals. Like they have decent deals. But it's always something different is on rotation. Like two roast beef sandwiches, Tums, and a throw-up bag? <laughs> yeah, throw-up bag. 
<laughs> a United Airlines uh, barf bag. bag yeah. uh, some curly fries and a uh, side of horse some sauce. Pepti- yeah, inside. some an- antacids. Okay. <laughs> okay, sure. Well, those are the fun things. We learned all those things. So if you guys want, you can go back on the Twitter stream, I suppose, and you can uh, interact. We'll probably talk about it on the radio show. But Don't forget to send us yes. your five best preseason takes for the industry. Uh, that actually wound up becoming true. And okay, so. thank you for saying that because I want to make sure you guys really understand. It's it's the takes that were industry wide, and of course, someone might not have you know said it, but we're saying relative industry wide that everyone was saying that maybe was a little. Obviously, that's kind of a. You couldn't say Patrick Corbin because I was the only one in on Patrick Corbin. And yeah, you're well, all yeah, welcome. Yeah, you're right about that. But also, like, you wouldn't say like Max Scherzer is a top two starting pitcher. It's ones that were kind of like you know out on a limb. People got value on. So, what were the five best? You know, you can even send us a couple. You don't have to send us all five. You can send us one that you really yeah. loved. And we will kind of compile a list if you guys actually want to interact with us. And we'll talk about that on Thursday. We love compilations. Absolutely. Right. Except when they're like 30 minutes long and um, too much music. Right. Too much music, 30 minutes long, and <laughs> there's never a finality to any of the yes. comps. You know what I mean? Yeah, the those comp- are no good. I like the ones in. that are just finality. Yeah, 100%. Those are what I put in. But uh, <laughs> beside that point, not what we're uh, talking about here. Well, is we got lost down a trail there. We so. did. And we'll talk about those. We'll talk about uh, some of the ranks. We'll kind of review where we are as far as player ranks, some of the interesting ones, and then your questions. Ball bag at in this league. Com. All right, that's the episode for Bogman. I am the Welsh. We out. See ya. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.